Welcome, everybody, to the NPCs podcast and the weekly news roundup. For the week of June 2nd, 2023, here is what's making headlines. MetaQuest 3 has been announced. MetaQuest Gaming Showcase Recap. We now know what happened with Redfall. And Nintendo shuts down Dolphin release on Steam with Valve's help. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always, for the Weekly News Roundup, I'm joined by Kyle Emman. Kyle, greetings. What is up? It's a great question. I don't actually know. Other than you being, like, obsessed with Street Fighter VI right now to the point oh, that uh, I can see your fight stick behind you. It looks like you ripped that off of a classic Nintendo, though. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so how is six so far? I played the demo, of course, but how is uh, six? So far, fantastic. Um, I've played a few matches online and, unfortunately, got rocked immediately. Um, they, they have totally new control styles which is really cool uh three in total uh there's one that's like a new age mode um yeah it it just totally changes how the control scheme works and it it seems to flow a lot better for um i guess maybe newer gamers but if you're if you're into the classic like six button or you know eight button arcade layout you can play that way and then there's a hybrid uh, layout as well. And there's a totally new gauge that changes the dynamic of the game uh, with dive, uh, yeah, I think it's dive or drive parries and uh, these other drive attacks. And you got this whole drive gauge. And it's just, it's insane. It's awesome, though. I'm loving it. And I didn't even Very talk neat. about the single player. I barely scratched the surface on that. Yeah, I bet. I mean, a lot of that. Like the control style stuff, the three different options are available in the demo. You can only play as Ryu and uh, what's what's the new guy's name? Oh shoot, I I, I don't. Is remember. it Jack? I don't recall. Yeah, I... but those are the only two you can play in the demo, and then you get two stages to play on. But at least it's enough of an experience to kind of get your uh, you know kind of dip your toes back in a Street Fighter before you decide to go buy the full thing. But it looks like, according to Steam right now, this is the top, uh, the top fighting game ever released uh, for PC so far. At least, again, uh, based on what Steam reports are right now. Uh, I don't know if this is being sold on any other storefronts, but I mean, take it with that. That you know, it being released on PC must be a pretty big deal, then, or at least the the numbers that are they're showing. You know, I I really hope so, and I I, I think it's it's going to be kind of a a way of the future, especially since so many people have access to PCs, so many people have access to game consoles, and it's one style of game that so many people can engage with, and the new different modes that they have uh, with this whole gaming lobby. You don't just have to join into online matches now; you can go into this like giant forum where there's uh street fighter 6 arcade machines set up and you wander around as your avatar or you can go down into the pit and fight as your avatar and then they have classic games right now they're rocking uh final fight street fighter 2 and i want to say one other game and you just walk up to the arcade machines and wait for challenges or practice it's really really cool 
Dang, that's pretty slick. Uh, yeah. Have you tried it on your Steam Deck yet? I honestly haven't. Um, I I got so far as loading it on my laptop because I'm fairly certain it's compatible with my laptop. And I I know, if nothing else, I'd like to, to bring that over for us to try at some point. But uh, I haven't tried loading it onto the Steam Deck yet. I, I have... I think I'll probably try that in the next couple days. The only reason I bring that up is because the Steam Deck has those additional buttons on the very back that you could probably macro to actually do those combos much easier instead of just using the uh, face buttons. Maybe, maybe. You know, I didn't, I didn't actually think of that. Yeah, especially like because we know that sometimes Street Fighter combos can be sometimes disastrous to land unless you are a professional street fighter player. Uh, like I, I had difficulty like mad last night for like ones when I was doing the tutorial to relearn the controls and it was like, Oh, you need to move this way. It's like, I am moving this way. God damn it. And it just would not, would and not seem really to register touchy. like what I was doing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, you have those buttons on the back. It's like, I could imagine maybe mapping those combos to it. Now, granted you're, you're not going to play anything, competitive in the sense like that but you know at least it helps you out as you're playing just on your own oh yeah definitely um and i i don't know there's there's just so much to this one it, it it's just fantastic i i can't wait for you to try the the full version of the game um it i've had a blast with it so far and like i said i've barely even touched the surface of the single player I, I think I spent probably an hour customizing my character. Just like any other game that has character customization, you will usually spend oh, yeah. most of your life making sure your character is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we're here to talk about the news, and we do actually have some news stories to go over. So, Kyle, let's just start off here with the beginning and that is the MetaQuest 3 has been announced. Yes, that's right. Mark Zuckerberg and co. over at Meta have decided to announce the Quest 3, apparently to get ahead of Apple for their supposed uh, Reality Pro headset launching, or at least being announced next week at WWDC. Hmm. So we already knew a Quest 3 was in the works and had been for some time, of course. The Quest 2 has been out for several years now. So the Quest 3, of course, was the next logical step. We had just had the Quest Pro. But there were a couple things here that I didn't actually expect with uh, the Quest uh, 3 being announced. A couple things being that uh, it's only going to be $500 for a 128-gig headset. They're reducing the price on the Quest 2 back to $300 for the 128-gig version, which means the price increase that we saw for the, the supposed competition against the PSVR 2 Okay, that happened, whatever. It's been reduced. Um, I don't know if it actually had an impact, but whatever. Um, but all we really know at this point in time is that it's going to have, it's going to be 40% smaller, or at least slimmer. Um, it's going to have uh, changes to the, um, to the uh, resolution as well. It's going to be a higher resolution screens for both eyes. Uh, it's going to have, um, it looks like different lenses on there as well. I know the big one has always been these Fresnel lenses used for VR headsets, but it looks like they might be doing something different. Not exactly sure, but there was some a little bit of talk about that. Um, it's going to be more powerful. Obviously, it's going to be working with a new Snapdragon headset or a chipset. Um, and then on top of that, uh, 
it's also going to have uh, additional cameras on there that will allow not only better pass through, uh, so that way you get uh, color visibility through the headset instead of the black and white that you get in the Quest 2, but um, it will allow for out-of-the-box hand tracking as well, which I thought was kind of cool, especially for any of those situations where um, you know, if you're doing something, say, like you're just doing one of those interactive experiences, you know, all you need to do is just use your hands to move around versus playing a game uh, that would obviously require a controller of some type or the, the new controllers that they've basically just revealed with this, too. So, Kyle, you have obviously been on the the edge about a VR headset. Uh, we've mm-hmm. we've talked about quality headsets really for you like you know you've talked about like the index we've talked about the vive pro uh we've talked about um several others so what do you think about the quest 3 i know we haven't had all the details yet but from what you've seen or at least heard so far what do you think you know um i i honestly think that especially seeing that the cost this is my first takeaway seeing the cost of the quest 3 um, the inflated cost of the Quest 2, I I think, was to drive up the cost of the, the competition. So um, when the Quest 3 came out, it wouldn't be necessarily a sticker shock if it wasn't, you know, as low as what the Quest 2 was out the, the gate. Um, that being said, I, I think this is really affordable. Some of the things that I've seen on it so far um make it very very enticing unfortunately the the fact right now is i i think the time of the index might be almost past at this point we've got so many new headsets that that have so much or they've gone so much further than you know just the uh finger tracking that that you know the the index did really well but i mean you look at what playstation has what what the in or what the quest 3 is promising and i i mean this is miles beyond and i mean the the fact that it's got the full color pass through i mean that that makes it so you could almost like use a cell phone if you really needed to to answer a call or answer a text real quick and not have any issues actually looking at the device Uh, not only that it would help a lot of people with uh, depth issues um, that have tried to use the headset, I feel like, um, when sw- swapping between um, the actual camera and the uh, the in-game content. Um, I don't know. The, the, there's a lot that's enticing about the MetaQuest 3 at this point. Yeah, and there's one big thing about the Quest 2, especially like what you talked about there with the pass-through that they really focused on in their... Uh, trailer that they had the trailer was only a minute and 18 seconds long uh but they were talking about the pass-through basically allowing for different types of games to be made available so say you had your uh table in front of you like the, right. the one that they showed in the trailer was some sort of of dungeons and dragons looking like minifigure set up there where the the player shown in the um uh, shown in the trailer roll the dice and then they're uh minifigure attacked another one you know it offers that level of depth and that especially could be one of those boons uh, you know for um those situations where say like i know this is funny to say but 
you know, you look at this from a business standpoint too, for people who are say like interior decorators or designers for houses Mm -hmm. and such. And it's like, okay, well, here's your house as it is now. Let's throw this headset on. And as you're looking at the headset, walking through here, you know, I'll watch you on the computer because with a computer, with a phone, with like the Quest 2, for example, you can do a screen share and you can watch that stuff back in real time without having to be physically plugged in. So as a person walks through their house and is helping to pick out like what they want designed, the person there behind on the computer can actually watch and record what they're actually picking out for like, you know, paint colors, products, what have you. And that offers that level of immersion. So that way, when a customer goes and starts picking these things out, they have an idea of, in mind of how things are going to look instead of it being one of those problems where they, it's like, oh, I think this will look just fine. They get stuff in and now they're stuck with what they got, potentially. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know that if I've never necessarily said it in one of our newscasts or one of our um, just regular um, kind of talking heads uh, cast that we've done uh, but I I feel like the AR uh, market is untapped I know I've talked about this to you before and it, it it's something that the HoloLens has showcased back I want to say it was probably about eight years ago uh, maybe almost 10 years ago um, they had shown off uh, I want to say with of course the uh, Conquer game um, and they, they did actually have that as a playable tech demo. But the one thing that they showed as a tech demo that never actually came to fruition was a version of Minecraft that you could play just on a tabletop. Um, so well, they you, sort of took that same thing and made Minecraft Worlds with it, which, right. was, the, which was effectively like, you know, the Pokemon Go clone. Uh, but that that's where that AR tech came into play. Right. At least with but that, it wasn't, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it wasn't nearly what they had boasted with this like tabletop version of Minecraft. And I, I think what what we're seeing with the MetaQuest three, um, with the ability to have that that color pass through that that such high quality image, um, we're gonna see more of this like high quality AR tech games or even just AR tech used in applications um that you won't even necessarily need the 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 MetaQuest Pro headset or whatever uh to access. I I think you're right. There's a lot of a lot of application for like interior designers and and art and so many other I I I mean even engineers. Um so many other I guess businesses that could utilize the headset successfully that um I, I i think at this point it it it's it's very attractive for not just gamers but but uh businesses as well i think so too i, I think that's going to end up being like one of the key parts here with this of course their their first focus right now is is gamers but obviously, of course, there are these other applications out there for it. And that's why it's like I wanted to make mention with that full color pass through and such that this isn't just going to be an immersive experience for gamers, but it does kind of bridge the uh, it does bridge the gap into the into business level for the different things you can kind of experience as you as you move along. Um, of course, it also opens up the level for things like accessibility as well, too, you know, when you're working through, say, things like potentially like physical therapy and that as well. Um, yeah. So there, there's a lot of applications, I think, with these enhancements here. Um, 
Of course, the biggest thing, though, right now is going to be the price. Uh, it looks like they are currently going to be releasing this at $500 for the 128-gig uh, version. Uh, they haven't said anything about what the larger size is going to be, if they're going to do 256 or anything larger, but it, they do say it is planned. Uh, they're not set to release any more information until September when they have their next event known as the Meta Connect conference. So it's possible this could release during the holidays. Uh, I, I think it's a possibility. Um, I, I think one of the reasons, though, they also haven't necessarily announced any sort of other versions is there's there's a rumor that Apple's headset uh, could possibly come with a belt clip that has extra processing or could unlock extra processing uh, in addition to the headset along with extra memory. Maybe that's something that the Quest is looking into potentially. Maybe not, uh, but maybe they're they're wanting to put their feelers out in the market with the 128 gig version, and maybe we might see a larger version. Um, because going into our next story, actually, um, there there's a lot of things that they they showed off that I I think are gonna take up some of that space way too quick if you are intending to have a large library um, readily available on the headset. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll talk about if, if the reality pro headset does end up getting released this next week, or at least announced this next week, then yeah, of course we'll cover it mm -hmm. in the next newscast, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on and talk about the games that have been announced now. Uh, so that's right. So uh, the day after they announced the, uh, the quest three, they did happen to go through and announce a whole plethora of new games, updates to existing games, stuff like that. Uh, so I guess we'll just kind of go through the list here. So we've got Asgard's Wrath 2, uh, which is a... Oh, how would I describe this one? Let's uh, play a combat game of some type. They didn't really show too much off here. Uh, you have to forgive me. Um, the biggest thing is that like, this is one I never played before, though. But uh, at the example they give here, or at least the description they give, is freed from the prison where you ended the original Asgard's Wrath. You pursue Loki across time and space and indeed outside the Nine Realms to the deserts of ancient Egypt and beyond. Uh, explore the Great Sand Sea, a vast environment that's unlike anything else seen in the standalone VR to date. And I guess it'll be... I guess basically you're just going to be Thor or uh, what have you here, going around and, and just being a badass. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Um, I it kind of makes me wonder what kind of environments they they have. Um, of course, uh, we we spoke earlier in the last article. I don't currently have a VR headset, and um, right at the moment, I'm still in the market for one. So maybe when the Quest Three launches, I I'll pick this one up. But um, as far yeah. as it looks like, it, it's it's more of a first person action game. I would assume similar well, VR, to like, of course it's going to be first person. Right. Um I I've seen some like um I don't know games where you're like a knight fighting skeletons and stuff. I would imagine it's similar to that but maybe more um more Oblivion or uh Skyrim meets uh I I I guess uh Viking mythology. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh so uh Oh, one thing I forgot to mention in the last story there that they also had announced too is that the ne that the next major software release for the uh, the Quest Two is supposed to actually improve performance potentially by forty percent. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a, another thing that was talked about as well. I forgot to make mention of the priest there. I wanted to make sure he made mention now. However, carrying on, of course, Kyle, we actually dig back into the days of Dreamcast here. And, oh, heck yeah. Uh, we get Samba de, Samba de Amigo releasing in VR. And uh, effectively, you get yourself a nice rhythm game to be able to play on VR. Um, you know, not, akin to, to Beat Saber, I guess, where you're shaking maracas and, and yeah. playing along to some of your favorite music. It definitely looks like they've gone way outside the box with this Samba de Amigo game. I mean, uh, of course, before it was uh, playing pop songs I, and not necessarily current renditions. It was uh, a uh, unlicensed version, so it wasn't the original artist or anything. Uh, but you were having to hit like targets around um an area and it was basically like you were shaking the maracas in time to the kind of to the area to to try and get the uh points to activate as samba de amigo has uh progressed it's it's gotten better with of course uh the wii and the uh switch versions because i want to say they do have a switch version if i'm not mistaken uh but this looks like it knocks it out of the park. They add all sorts of new mini games, and there's a huge new song list. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. And of course, it, it's always great to see Sega in, in the game. So, yeah. Uh, next up on the list is I Expect You to Die 3 Cog in the Machine. So, oh, of course, this games. being the third one, this is, yeah, this is, of course, a sequel um, to uh, I Expect You to Die 2. Um, of course, in the grand scheme of anything VR related, of course, we all love the interactivity of of some of these different games, especially when they have you just pushing buttons, pulling levers and and kind of doing wacky things. But of course, this puts you in the position of being a spy. Uh, oh, yeah. So how did you survive the uh, the events of I expect you to die too, agent unclear at the moment? But the evil Dr. Zor has a dastardly new scheme and it's up to you and your incredible or not so incredible espionage skills to stop him. Worse, there's a new villain to contend with, one who's more clever than you can imagine. So apparently there's gonna be a lot of different like puzzles and challenges and things here that definitely have you more akin to uh, I wouldn't even say James Bond. A lot of the stuff in the trailer definitely gives me more uh, get smart vibes. Seems more like you're uh, playing as um, what is it? Agent 66 or whatever it is. I can't remember exactly what the name, what uh, his name was. Oh yeah. I, I don't recall um, off the top yeah. of my head, but, but yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Um, definitely wacky, zany, um, sandwich eating and cookie munching mayhem. Uh, in addition to, you know, solving the puzzles and bomb, bomb defusals and whatnot. So, um, that, that one, I think it'd be a blast. I think so too. Like, I, I love those, those interactive games. I like the, I like it when, especially it doesn't matter. Like when you're pulling the levers, pushing buttons and stuff, it's just all the goofy. It's like the, uh, right. The job simulator, you know, that game was just, was just levels of fun that I never expected it to be. And of course th this is exactly what that looks like. Just with obviously some more story components to it. Too. Right. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have, of course, uh, Silent Slayer, Vault of the Vampire. Uh, so this one is a stealth survival game. Um, and apparently it's a horror one. It's, I guess, stealth survival horror here. But your goal is to um, your goal is to survive against, of course, these different vampires and that. 
Um, and you have to actually try to take them out before they wake up. So you'll have to do a lot of sneaking around the castle or mansion or wherever they're actually at and work your way to go and take them down. So if you're ready to go and have a heart attack in VR, this is the way to do it. You know, I I wish there was a little bit more to the trailer than, you know, picking up a, a key off of a table and opening a door uh, because it really doesn't give us a lot to go off of. Um, what, you know, I, I guess the the tense encounters might look like or whatnot, what makes it a horror game or uh, whatnot. But I, I guess maybe that that's part of the anticipation of it. Um, so it'll be a wait and see on that one. I think so, too. Um, the next game here, Kyle, what was the name of the movie with... Hugh Jackman that dealt with robots that basically were boxing and fighting in that. Was that Real Steel? That was Real Steel. That was well, a fantastic movie. <laughs> well, if you liked that movie in one way or another, you're going to be able to experience it yourself here with Underdogs. So Oof. Underdogs here, it looks like, is a manner of speaking, a robot fighting game. However, instead of just being off to the side and controlling a robot or providing guidance in one form, you're basically in mechs. So do a mix of Real Steel and uh, Mech Assault or Mech Warrior, and sure enough, that's what you get here. Oh, so, this looks fantastic. Yeah, so you'll be able yeah. to upgrade your mech to add different arms, different weapon sets, different abilities and tools, and then, yeah, be able to take down all the different enemies that come up. And, of course, it looks like it may have some sort of multiplayer component to it, too. So I could build well, a robot, you could build a robot, we could just tear each other apart. And it doesn't necessarily look like it's necessarily just robot versus robot. Um, it is a Colosseum scenario, so it looks like you might be thrown uh, waves of enemies potentially in different modes. Um robot dogs and such that you might have to fend off against as well as fight enemies so uh definitely keep your eyes out for this one uh very stylistic dark but uh very cool and yeah you're you're spot on with the real steel yeah i guess you could even throw in a little bit of uh battle bots into it too with some Ooh, of the yeah. uh, traps and and other vicious uh environmental things you have to be aware of uh, next up, though, of course, is we return to the world of Ghostbusters here with Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. So it looks like what this one here is that there is a new faction of the Ghostbusters that are actually set up in San Francisco. And it turns out what's going on is uh, there is a um, scientist by the name of Gustav Hookfaber who uh, apparently was in the process of trying to create some sort of clean energy source and went crazy um, with, I guess, trying to use ghost energy or spectral energy. And it turns out that that drove him absolutely insane. And now, of course, he's known as the Ghost Lord. So, of course, you hmm. and several other people uh, in the Ghostbusters world here, you're not necessarily playing as the Ghostbusters of, of days past, but you're going to be playing uh, what appears to be as some sort of new crew or maybe even some sort of customizable characters here that you can create. But you're going to have all the different tools as a Ghostbuster, uh, the traps, the the proton packs, everything, to be able to go and capture different levels of ghosts and take on the Ghost Lord himself. Well, and we, we've seen in the past uh, Ghostbusters is a hard license to take on. Uh, it looks like they may be doing it correctly, so... Um 
could be exciting to see on that one, especially being able to get your own hands on a proton pack. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, especially yeah, a proton pack in the world of VR. You know, mm-hmm. no worry about crossing the streams there. The only thing you have to worry about is whacking your kid in the face with a controller. So, well, <laughs> I guess I have to worry about that. Um, but the next thing we have, of course, is for you sports fans, we've got NFL Pro Era. Uh, so it's going to be uh, so Pro Era, of course, was actually uh, uh, released last year. And according to the stats here from Meta, it says that uh, players have completed over three million NFL seasons and unlocked over nine million trophies. Uh, apparently, they're going to be doing a refresh to this game that doesn't just do a roster update. It's going to include uh, expanded focuses on multiplayer, some new modes, new features, and more. So basically, what NFL Pro Era is is actually you're literally playing football in this. However, you're not expected to run 100 yards while wearing the headset. So be grateful for that, okay? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Besides that, next game, of course, up is Racket Club, which is, uh, short, sweet, to the point, is a VR tennis game. So not much to really explain there. Um, So you get that. Uh, Uh, Vampire. I don't know. The Masquerade. The the Racket Club, uh, if done right, I mean, you look at, uh, what was it, Rockstar Table Tennis, that one could actually be kind of a neat game to play. Uh, you know what? I had and thought really about... And it could really gain about, some popularity. Uh, I hadn't really... Th- I forgot about Rockstar Table Tennis, because that game came out... I know it was popular, but that game came out like still in the midst of uh, GTA and Bully being you know played quite a bit. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. kind of just dropped out of nowhere, too. You're right. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's also true, too. Uh, but... We've got the next one here, Vampire the Masquerade Justice. Um, so this one has you exploring Venice, uh, but of course, obviously, you're a vampire exploring Venice instead, um, getting to take down evil people, uh, taking advantage of those superhuman abilities that you're supposed to have as a vampire. Um, yeah, so get ready for a lot of wall climbing and jumping and flying and beating the crap out of people who deserve to have the crap beat out of them. Yeah, we'll 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 see on that one. I Vampire the Masquerade games are very very hit or miss. Um, that it it's just a hard license to work with. I think just because of the system that they they write it in. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like tabletop RPG systems. Uh, but beyond that, the lore that they have to contend with. Uh be interesting to see. Um, I don't recall how well the the previous one that came out did uh i i think it kind of flew under the radar as far as it went for me um even though that i was kind of excited after the initial announcement years prior to it coming out (laughs) oh yeah yeah i know we had like installed the most recent vampire the masquerade game like on our computers but i don't think we ever actually launched it and tried to play it nope i know i didn't yeah um but let's move on here to the next game, and that is Dungeons of Eternity. And Kyle, this one actually kind of fills in what you were talking about with like Asgard's Wrath, which this one actually has you in a uh, randomly generated uh, dungeon scenario where what? you move through crypts, castles, dark caverns. Uh, you can do it on your own or uh, with up to three what? friends. And uh, you've got different enemies, puzzles, and traps to go with. So basically, if you want your live action 
you know, D&D adventure, you basically want a LARP. This is the way to do it without looking silly in the middle of the park. I mean, this this is uh, Dead Cell slash Enter the Gungeon. I mean, VR hack and slash as a wizard or a knight. This looks freaking amazing to me anyway. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, if you don't want to run out to the park and look like an idiot LARPing with your friends in, you know, full suit of armor. Well, you know, gear up with your headset and it looks like this might be your new gateway drug. Now, don't get me wrong. I have absolutely nothing wrong with LARPers and cosplayers. However, I I am just not a part of the LARPing community. So at this point in time, you know, that's just not my jam. But if that's yours, hey, by all means, go for it. Um. Next up, of course, we've got the seventh guest. And apparently the seventh guest, according to this information here, actually was like one of the first CD-ROM games ever released. And now what they're doing is they're actually bringing it uh, to VR. And it's a... a, um, uh, The way they describe it is a thrilling amusement park ride, you know, with like spookiness and all that. Um, but what they did here is they actually recreated the full motion video storytelling from the original game and made it so that way, as you're moving around in here in VR, you're going to come across some of those events uh, as you're exploring around, solving mysteries, and uh, going through these different puzzles. Which I got to say, like it, it's like they ripped it right from there. So it looks like they pulled it, like literally, it looks like somebody ripped it from a video cassette and somehow did the best job possible to put it into VR. That's really when, cool. when those bits come up. Yeah. So, if, you know, yeah. Uh, honestly, that seeing the trailer for that makes me think that, you know, they're, and, and you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but uh, like a re rendition of like Mist um, that, that would be full motion. Uh, and the the puzzles be more interactive instead of you know just point and click and then stuff dissolves and reappears elsewhere. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Something absolutely. like this would be perfect format for for that. Dude, a hundred percent, man. That would be really cool. So yeah. it, this may actually be a pretty neat one to to pick up. Um, we had talked, of course, about this uh, last week uh, with the uh, PlayStation VR two stuff. Uh, but we have Arizona Sunshine 2 also making its way over to the Oculus, or not Oculus, excuse me, the Quest. I can't ever get Oculus out of my head. But yeah, it's going to make its way over to the Quest line so that we'd be able to play this over on your uh, Quest 2 or Quest 3 when it drops. But we talked all about that last week. Uh, next one here, of course, is Stranger Things VR. However, you won't be taking on the role of Eleven. You will be taking on the role of Vecna. Vecna was the main baddie in season four and what's interesting is that you'll actually be playing as Vecna as he's I guess basically pulled into the uh, uh, pulled into the upside down and becomes the embodiment of evil that he uh, is portrayed as in season four so there's a lot of uh, fighting against the different monsters and creatures that are in the upside down, different interactions with things, using your psychic abilities and such. And it looks like at some point in time, you're probably going to have some sort of combat with a younger version of Eleven. So uh, at least that's kind of the takeaway there. But, uh, I mean, Vecna's kind of a terrifying character, so it'll be kind of crazy to see exactly what it's like when you do take control of him. Yeah, that'll be kind of interesting to see. The art style looks really cool on that one. 
I I do think they they had a uh, missed opportunity call calling it uh, Vecna Returns. Oh man, that would have been good. Dang it. Yeah. Or, or anything Vecna, with it. Or, or even Vecna Rising, because this is talking about yeah. how it comes to thing. Yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Man, come on, <laughs> come on, Duffy Brothers, give us a hire here. We'll we'll give you some names. Yeah. Uh, but next one we've got here is uh, Attack on Titan VR, uh, which is called Attack on Titan VR Unbreakable. Um, uh, honestly, there's so cool. There, there's not much really to explain here. I think if I just tell you it's Attack on Titan in VR, I think everybody's got a going to have a pretty good understanding in their head of what that's going to look like. So it's it's exactly as it sounds. Yeah, I I mean the the whole uh, of course it, this the video that they showed was all pre rendered animation, and it kind of makes me wonder if you know we might get parts of it that are pre-rendered maybe more like an arcade style game maybe it's not necessarily as long as as a regular game it's hard to say but who knows maybe it is the same game that we we've gotten to be uh play on like the xbox one uh ps4 ps5 and uh xbox series consoles so i i'd be excited to find out the um viewing angle of everything being in first person for an attack on titan game i could see a lot of people having a problem with uh especially oh yeah yeah motion sensitive people but uh if you're not motion sensitive i i could see that being a ton of fun and almost as exhilarating as riding a roller coaster especially if you're into the anime yeah absolutely um, let's move on here. And this one was a surprise to me, Kyle, because I did not actually like this. This is the name of a game I haven't actually uttered in years. Bulletstorm. They are bringing Bulletstorm to VR. And what they're doing is they're actually rebuilding it from the ground up for VR. So it's the original Bulletstorm game, but in VR form. This game was a total missed opportunity to have spawned, I, I think, sequels or, or something out of it. Um, the game was a ton of fun. If you haven't played it, um, I, I think VR is the perfect place to play it, especially with the uh, grappling and the... Because uh, uh, you could grapple enemies, and it was all point-based and everything. And you would kick enemies in slow motion, and their body parts would fly apart, or you'd grapple them and shoot them. And it, there was... Just total viscera. Um, but uh, it was a blast to play. And it, it's exciting, I think, for for this to be coming back out. I I think I've purchased this game like three times. I The last time I bought it was on my Switch. Well, then. All right. Yeah. I actually really enjoy Bulletstorm. It, it was a <laughs> lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I remember playing through, I think, about half the campaign before I had to return the game to... Uh... Oh, I think Hollywood Video was still open at that point in time. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let that sink in for how old that game is. Oh, uh, wow. Next up on the list, of course, wasn't a lot of detail other than just the announcement that there is something coming. Uh, Ubisoft announced alongside uh, Mark Zuckerberg there that Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Nexus is going to be making its way to uh, the quest uh, towards the end of this year. And... That was about all they said. The only thing they really provided is that they're going to be given more details at Ubisoft Forward on June 12th. So about two more weeks until we actually hear more about what Assassin's Creed Nexus is going to be. 
And I think if what the trailer for uh, Attack on Titan looked like, you know, for jumping around and, and taking on the Titans and that, I bet you Nexus is probably going to have that same level of uh, chaotic moving about that will probably make a few people throw up. Potentially. Um, I, I could see maybe since they are bringing a VR title to the Assassin's Creed series that maybe this is supposed to be the... I, I guess the consumer grade experience of what they were harvest, what the, what the Templars were harvesting, since they are actually mm-hmm. going back to the original storyline, um, what what the Templars were trying to harvest to to utilize uh, from the Animus. So essentially, the uh, the VR headset is your Animus. There you go. Yeah, but. I, I think it'll be cool to see. Um, hopefully we get some really cool information with the full reveal on, on the 12th. Yeah, only a couple of weeks here to wait. You know, we're definitely in that mode right now where over the next six weeks or so, we're going to start getting a whole bunch of games news. So, man, it's going to be busy news time. Um, so next up, yeah. of course, uh, everybody's favorite cleaning game, Power Wash Simulator, is making its way to VR as well, too. I don't so, know how this wasn't already on on there. I don't either, but at the same time, it's still just funny to see that, uh, yeah, it's finally just showing up, though, here. I don't know if it's necessarily going to include all of the uh, uh, the additional content that's been announced as of late, like being able to clean stuff off in Warhammer and uh, stuff like Under the Sea for SpongeBob. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's always that possibility. So I guess just keep an eye out to see what could be included. Uh, but, yeah, that one is also coming later this year, too. Uh, next up, we have uh, We Are One. And according to the description here, it says, Use time loops to pull off incredibly complex feats of daring with your own past self. Each loop, you create a clone of yourself that does the same action loop after loop, allowing you to go from taking down one evil robot and then dying to taking down an army of robots at the same time and making it out alive or making it out alive times six. So it looks like this one's going to have you migrate and move around in VR and and get your character to spawn in different locations to uh, perform, I guess, all these different actions, which... Could potentially be cool for, uh, I guess, those who really enjoy their puzzles. Um, yeah, very unique, very creative. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to find out more on that one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, coming up here next, though, we've got Demio Battles, which this is a uh, speedy, competitive PvP strategy game. And uh, this has you playing more of the D&D tabletop style of a game here but it's not necessarily one where there's different uh like a quest that you're on or anything it looks like you're just literally playing more like with the minifigures moving them around and taking down what's on the playing field so for anybody who really likes their tabletop rpg style games minus the rpg now you can go in and uh um i guess play this this reminds me of a very very early flash game that i i want to say i played in high school like 18 years ago um that that was you you basically designed your own team and you went head to head against people obviously this looks more detailed but uh i i think this is when i was talking about all that uh a uh potential ar um in the future this is one of the very first steps being in vr and having access to this type of thing i think is the first step in putting it into AR and into putting it into your own world on a, on your own table. So mm-hmm. I think something like this is really, really cool. 
yeah, it'd be neat to actually see how that expands out. Like I would, I would love the idea, of course, to have a VR based um, minifigure tabletop RPG like D and D or even like Warhammer Forty K with all of its yeah. case uh, like chaos. Um, that would be fun, I think, to play in a VR sense. So it's like you don't have a whole mess to clean up; it's just all there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, even yeah. even when you consider games like uh, Model Maker and whatnot, uh, being able to like potentially customize your own pieces uh by doing paint gradients or paints and whatnot uh in vr there there's so much possibility oh i agree 100 percent uh a couple of these next ones here are all just about updates to existing games so we've got onward which is a tactical shooter game uh imagine uh counter-strike or even uh i guess a mix of like counter-strike call of duty and rainbow six siege all mixed into like a vr game uh that game onward is going to be getting an update here this summer um which includes just some new weapons uh some changes to uh movements for animations more detailed uh i guess tent environment which i guess is your hub um and then also some changes to the practice and shooting ranges um walkabout mini golf also is going to be getting an update too uh they are showing off just some new mini golf Maps, it looks like they are going to do, uh, let's see, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, uh, Giant Dinosaurs out there. That's going to be out this next week. You're also going to have some Evil Lairs added in, too. Uh, looks like starting in July. And, yeah, so I guess if you really like to play, uh, you know, the mini golf there on your quest, walk about mini golf. It looks like they're going to be coming out with these bundles here over the next couple months. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, then we got Ghost Signal, a Stellaris game. Uh, that came out in March. But they are talking about the additions for uh, fleet expansions, which is going to give players more options, uh, some new ships, which will increase tactics in battle. Uh, they are also going to uh, include some other changes underneath the hood, too. Things like autosave, ability to run multiple save files, and a relaxed mode for when you just want to explore the universe without causing any problems. Hmm. Uh, next up is Death Game Hotel, which actually was brought to us by the developers White Owls, Inc., the studio um, that was founded by Deadly Premonition designer Sweary. So that's kind of cool. If you're especially a chaotic, like, you know, fan of uh, Deadly Premonition. Uh, but the way that this works, yeah. uh, it's an intense story mode that will require you to literally gamble with your life, betting not just chips, but your actual limbs, which with potentially deadly consequences. You'll also be able to take your skills online, playing Goblet of the Reaper and Death Poker with up to five other people from around the world. So that's jeez, oh, great. Uh, yeah, definitely up uh, Swery's alley with the absurdly bizarre. Um, it'll be interesting to find that find out more about that one. Uh, I I I could see that one being a very 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 popular streamed title. I agree. Yeah, that'll be a. I think that'll be a fun one to see for sure too, especially mm -hmm. streamed. Uh, next up, of course, for anybody who's a fan of uh, City Skylines or the uh, older SimCity games, uh, Little Cities is getting an update uh, for Sandbox. Uh, so it looks like what's going to be happening here. Uh, let's see. Where's the notes here? Uh, Sandbox update is going to be coming out this month and is going to be a allowing you to create uh, the island of your dreams and ready to host your wildest city creations. So you'll be able to basically create your own 
island or your own area without having to worry about anything pre-generated. You can make this basically any way you want and, uh, I guess, play God to create your own little world. So if you're a fan of City Skylines, but kind of like a little bit more of that overall creation control, like starting with a true blank slate, then it looks like that sandbox update is going to give you that with Little Cities. And then, of course, uh, last but not least on the list is No More Rainbows. Uh, let's see here. This one is uh, you are the warden of the underworld and you are charged with protecting your grim realm uh, and you awake to find it's being invaded or desecrated by an army of cute and cheerful beings. Mm-hmm. You must battle back these intruders, tear them in half, throw them off a cliff, hold them over a grill until they roast like a forgotten marshmallow. Uh, explore and reclaim four unique worlds over the course of the campaign and make sure everyone knows that the underworld is not to be trifled with. So basically, imagine... Oh, what was it? Um, oh Overlord. my god. I, yeah, exactly. But you know, there's another There's what? another thing that just popped up. The Lego movie when the uh, the Duplo Legos invaded and everything was cute and cuddly oh, and that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, imagine that, but mix it with like doom, you know? I, 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 as you were, as you were reading it, I was trying not to laugh as I was watching the trailer. It just, I, I was <laughs> smiling with glee because it's totally uh. ridiculous. He's like ripping this. It looks like a, the, a, a cupcake fluff, cloud person that that's so happy he rips in half and it's like actually rainbow inside and it, it's it's awful but hilarious and it's all first person but imagine if a uh metal music video uh was invaded by cute cuddly things and they're not supposed to be there <laughs> well i mean you know as a, it, it, as the father of a of a girl, you know, definitely seeing cute and cuddly things around sometimes will definitely drive you absolutely insane. So maybe this is the way I get my frustration out when my daughter won't clean up her room or anything. You know, it's like I could take it out on this. I'm not going to tear apart your toys because no that's not nice. No I will doubt. just go into VR and and just do this here tear instead. Tear up these rainbow people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Grill them. Oh my god, that that looked yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Especially with all the people you think who have like Quest headsets and mm. uh, have been torturing Koroks in Tears of the Kingdom, now they'd be able to take it oh, into God. VR and torture these guys too. So uh, I, I think there'll be some funny videos out of that one for sure. Yeah, but that is all of the information, of course, out of the uh, gaming showcase there from Meta. If you want to see any of those trailers, you can uh, check out the links in our notes as well to go see all those trailers for yourself. And, of course, make your own opinions on those games that are coming out here soon. Now, we move into the next story here, and this is definitely a little bit more of a disappointment when it comes to stories just because it's getting into Redfall. Uh, Redfall, of course, is the uh, vampire... Uh, I guess basically you are playing Left for Dead, but dealing with the supernatural with vampires and having to explore around the uh, explore around what appears to be the uh, potentially the Pacific Northwest. However, yeah, it was like Left for Dead, but with you know one of Arcane's kind of bizarre, silly correct. worlds. Correct. Yeah. yeah, exactly. However, that game did not release to uh, to very great reviews. Uh, a lot of Ooh. complaints about things in there right now. Um, Of course, I don't believe everything has been fixed or resolved as of uh, at least up to this point. But uh, I know there have been some patches and things. However, apparently it looks like this has been a problem behind the scenes since before 
Microsoft actually bought ZeniMax uh, in 2020. So it looks like what had happened here is that Redfall, first and foremost, was supposed to be a live service game or in that games as a service category because Fortnite and Overwatch were just eating up everybody's money. You know, it was it was the the amount of money being spent in these games just was making it crazy and making it look like this is what everybody needed to start developing towards. And, and I of think course, that's what early videos showed, too, is exactly that, that's what it was going to be tailored towards. That's correct. Yeah, is that they were aiming towards in-game monetization, but they went ahead, and that was at the very beginning. However, they went ahead and scrapped it and got rid of it because there was a lot of backlash about basically every game coming out that had that had to be a games as a service. Uh, but apparently, a lot of that stuff had carried over still into the game and can be somewhat visible even today, even though all that stuff has been stripped out. Uh, so this article here we're referencing from Engadget actually references where the news came from, which was actually from uh, from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. Uh, apparently, they said that the leadership of co-directors Harvey Smith and Ricardo Bear were uh, basically was uh, unfocused. Uh, they go on to say here, developers under Smith or yeah, developers under Smith and Bear said two leads were outwardly excited, but as the project progressed, uh, failed to. But as the project progressed, failed to provide clear direction. Uh, staff members said that over time they grew frustrated with management's frequently shifting references to other games such as Far Cry and Borderlands that left each department with varying ideas of what exactly they were making. Uh, in addition, the sources describe a fundamental tension between single-player and multiplayer emphasis with devs reporting, reportedly feeling like the game was trying to accomplish two things and succeeding at neither. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so it sounds like a lot of lack of focus, a lot of lack of direction, and uh, miscommunicated concepts. Uh, because obviously, the the team did not want to do a Far Cry Borderlands game, and you you can't see the the influence. It's very unfortunately apparent uh, in this game, but I I don't know. I I, I feel like you know you get too involved with a team that knows what they're doing and then you just immediately back off it's gonna end in a in a train wreck yeah absolutely um it looks like another issue they had run into though was also with hiring and maintaining staff uh apparently of course the people who wanted to join arcane were those who were impressed by arcane's previous releases so dishonored of course is a big example um However, the problem there is that when all these people wanted to come on and join Arcane, they were looped into developing for Redfall, which was completely opposite of what they were expecting to work on and felt like they were in an unfocused environment, that they didn't exactly feel like they were going to be uh, contributing the way that they were hoping to. But then also at the same time, there were some uh, policies enacted by the uh, Texas state government Um and uh, it was about, uh, yeah, it was basically the way it describes here in Engadget is regressive social policies. Um, so because they had trouble trying to describe the details of what Redfall was and because it hadn't been announced yet, I guess this, the, here, I'll just read what the quote says. It says, since Redfall wasn't announced, uh, wasn't yet announced, the studio couldn't describe its details to prospective employees, a predicament that exacerbated the staffing issues. Uh, this was all compounded by the fact that Arcane was trying to make a multiplayer game with a headcount built for single-player titles. Even outsourcing to other studios reportedly didn't provide enough help. Um, and then the last bit as well, too, uh, actually here is that Microsoft 
basically outside of saying that they canceled the release of Redfall for PlayStation, um, they went hands off. They effectively left the control for everything Redfall to ZeniMax and Arcane. So they just stepped back on that one. And I and I find that interesting. Uh, so do I. And maybe they, they did that coming off the heat, the the success of the well, and it, I didn't think it was like super successful, but it, it, it did fair um with uh Deathloop. Um but maybe especially since that one released on PlayStation and they saw the numbers being as it was a PlayStation PC exclusive, you know, for, for a short time. Um they 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 saw that as successful and I I think there was even some uh wavering fault in uh Deathloop personally. Um it, it totally could have been a game that was two separate games instead of a game that was had a multiplayer concept that didn't make sense. Um but maybe that's you know where our arcane's you know interests lie right now. The, these wacky multiplayer concepts that don't quite work and trying to make them work because you think Deathloop, um, you, you had the uh, opponent of the main character uh, that you could join as and you could try and disrupt another player or reset their loop, which was really cool, but you know it, it was totally unnecessary and they could have turned that into a, a totally separate story or just not had it as part of the game. Um, and I, I think that that's what hurt him again here is the fact that, you know, you, you get to play left for dead and then you get to go out into a borderlands world and then you get to do far cry style missions and it doesn't make sense at that point. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. But I like this comment here on an article that was talking about uh, that Kotaku had published uh, talking exactly about this same thing, too. And this comment here from uh, a user named Common Person, this is what he says. He's like, this is kind of a catch 22 for Microsoft when they canceled that broken looking dragon game a generation ago. They were planned. Uh, they were panned as micromanaging. Uh, so that would be uh, scale bound. When they took a hands-off approach and trusted the studio to self-manage, they get a half-finished product. It's a no-win scenario for them. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing here about this. Is like you know, it, it kind of does make a good point though. Is that it's like you you want these companies to succeed without your involvement. You want these these things that you're bringing on to be able to do what they need to do. Otherwise, it's like you're inheriting a potential mess and causing problems for yourself well, right off the bat. And of course, this was a problem. It was already even talked about there that this was a problem before the studio was purchased. Uh, but I'm just I I don't know. Like I don't know what exactly could have happened. Could they have delayed Redfall longer to try to figure out what they needed to fix in it? Could they have I just shelved it and just said it. no? Okay. Yeah, I personally think they should have canned it. Um, I didn't think the idea sounded interesting two years ago when it first got announced. So, but may, maybe that was just me. Um, maybe there were some people that thought it was interesting, but you know, I I saw the the Left for Dead, and then I was like, oh wait, but it's single player and it's got magic, and what's going on now? You know, just they they tried to throw too much into it. Um, and I, I, I think it was to try and compete with, you know, too many 
too many types of genres of games. It was the scattergun uh, approach um, to what they wanted out of the game, and it it didn't work. And um, Arcane's almost done that twice now. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of stuck with Death Deathloop. Um, we got a really neat, unique game. Like I said, didn't need, necessarily need the other half of it. Um, but then they tried to go completely out there again and obviously just throwing handfuls of darts at a dartboard does not work. <laughs> <laughs> well, so at the I don't know. I, I think there needs I to be a, a healthy partnership really at this point. Microsoft needs to step in. They need to not be overbearing, but they need to show that the the uh, studio needs focus, really. Yeah, especially, of course, with this ongoing potential acquisition for uh, Activision Blizzard is like, if you're going to bring them on, I mean, you want to talk about levels of management support that are needed out there. It's like, you need to get your own house in order as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ZeniMax is definitely going to need um, a little bit more of a stern talking to to kind of figure out exactly what needs to happen, like how much involvement from Microsoft is the perfect amount instead of instead of it being too much or too little so we don't get a result of scale bound all over again or or redfall i guess again you know what what do yeah, we get next gets get someone that works directly at microsoft in-house over at arcane they don't necessarily have to um you know communicate a directive all the time or you know at all they just have to be a liaison to communicate what's going on and what Microsoft what Microsoft's expectations are. And, you know, if Arcane is or, you know, said company is meeting those expectations and what what steps need to be taken to improve or, you know, correct any anything that would prevent those uh, from that that from happening, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least with this information out there from Redfall, we already knew that after Redfall's launch, that Phil Spencer, of course, uh, you know, took personal responsibility for the like all the marketing hype that went behind it, and of course, the subsequent basically like dud that ended up coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a matter of time just to see what happens next. Of course, we've got the Xbox Game Showcase coming up here in the next couple weeks. And there are going to be some titles that are going to be coming out of these uh, out of ZeniMax uh, studios. So we're just going to have to kind of hope, keeping fingers crossed, that maybe what we see next or hear about next ends up kind of being better news, especially because their big hitter, Starfield, is on its way this year, too. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing a more regular flow of Microsoft games come out. So, you know, they they need to to start definitely working hand-in-hand hand with, you know, all of their studios and not just the in-house ones to make sure that they have less duds like this. Absolutely. So, with that chaos out of the way, let's move on to the last story we have in the main stories for this week, and that is about the dolphin emulator so the dolphin emulator uh is a emulator that will play wii and gamecube games and is actually a very pot a very popular excuse me version of the uh of uh 
this emulator that's out there right now for at least emulating these types of games. And it was set to release on Steam, uh, I believe, this next week. However, Nintendo has gone ahead and sent out a cease and desist, and the game, or excuse me, the emulator has been pulled from Steam, or at least all of its... uh, all of its marketing coming soon stuff has been pulled from Steam, and uh, that will no longer be releasing. However, of course, just like we've seen Nintendo throw down the ban hammer on just about everything anyway that they've been going out and about doing, not not only with like Tears of the Kingdom leakers, but other emulation, um, other emulation services too. And of course, we had uh, stuff with uh, a ROM uh, distributor last year too, who got hit with a pretty big fine and has to deal with that now. But it looks like with this one, though, um, it looks like Valve actually is the one who brought this to Nintendo's intention, uh, attention instead of the other way around. Uh, apparently, Valve may have done this because they themselves recognized the potential fallout of hosting this on Steam and wanted to get ahead of it to let Nintendo know so that way Nintendo could issue the cease and desist for Valve to pull it down and to uh, get everything else addressed. So I have the email here, actually, that was sent by the legal department uh, or the legal firm Jenner and Block LLP, who represent Nintendo of America. Uh, So they say here, uh, thank you for bringing the announced offering of the Dolphin emulator on Valve Steam store to Nintendo's attention. Uh, goes on to say the dolphin emulator is a piece of software that emulates games designed exclusively for Nintendo consoles, specifically the Wii and Nintendo GameCube consoles. So the games can be played on other platforms, specifically any computing device capable of running major operating systems, such as Microsoft windows, Mac OS, uh, Mac OS, excuse me, and Linux, such as the valve steam deck. The developers of the emulator have put up a coming soon page on the steam store with a stated plan to ship the software in Q2 2023. As set forth below, because the Dolphin emulator violates Nintendo's intellectual property rights, including but not limited to its rights under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act anti, uh, that acts anti-circumvention and anti-trafficking provisions, we provide this notice to you of your obligation to remove the offering of the Dolphin emulator from the Steam store. And it goes on, of course, to talk about uh, some of the other ramifications here with things, too, talking, of course, about, um, talking, of course, about how this will... You know, it could potentially stifle innovation on things, how it could potentially cause problems for Nintendo. But, you know, we, we know how this goes with emulators and that, Kyle. Um, so what's interesting is that, yeah, is that Valve basically brought it um, brought it to their attention to be able to make sure that they were taken care of here, you know, ba- or basically make it clear that they... Um, yeah, make it clear that they did not want to uh, um, get themselves into legal water or legal hot water with Nintendo because they know how that runs its course, and right. they just they decide to go ahead and get ahead of it to make Nintendo aware. So interesting, very interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know, I I I saw this one coming, but apparently the. Uh, the major thing that uh, was the problem with the emulator um, overall is the fact that it does use uh, the Wii common keys. Um, so th- those are the actual keys that are used to essentially uh, as a bootloader for 
Wii and GameCube games on on the uh, console. The fact that it was using those keys um, to unlock the the ROMs itself uh, may have been the biggest issue. But of course, um, their ROM sites have been a, a target for Nintendo over the last how many years at this point? I mean, we just saw uh, Bowser, uh, last name Bowser, of course, um, get you know how many years in prison, and then he got let let go, but he has to spend or he has to pay what two hundred and fifty dollars uh, a month the rest of his life to to Nintendo. Yeah, to cover like a fourteen million dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean. Good on Valve for for bringing it to attention um, to Nintendo. Obviously, there there was some nefarious activity going on uh, with cloning the common keys. But to be fair, they are not encrypted keys. They they are keys that are readily available. Um, that if you knew what you were doing to access the code, um, they're they're pretty much available to anyone. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Any reverse engineer or anybody who can dump the OS off of the uh, off of the chipset there should be able to reverse engineer it. But uh, however, so. of course, we we don't condone piracy, um, nor should anyone. And uh, I I do understand where where Nintendo is coming from. Absolutely, uh, with you know the the previous issues they've had with piracy. But on the side of the fans, I do have to state. That, come on, Nintendo, how do you expect us to play your old school games? You've got to be able to release something better than just the, you know, the expansion pass and, you know, emulators on your console with limited selection. I feel like at yeah. this point, um, the, com- comparatively, the Wii Shop had be- a better selection of classic titles than what the Switch has to offer. So Nintendo could also do their part, but to the same effect, that doesn't excuse people from for doing illegal activities. No, I don't think so either. That's a very excellent point. We, we, we can see both sides of the coin, but obviously, of course, there's intellectual property that has to be protected here, and th- that's where the buck has to stop, really. It does suck, right. especially as gamers, when we try to when we want to preserve what's out there already or has been out there. You know, yeah. otherwise you're just going to be stuck picking up a used Wii console at some point in time and hoping that if it breaks, you can fix it or find it, something else to replace it. Right. But, you know, this this was also an issue with uh, Microsoft and they did have to target uh, emulation on uh, their developer backend that you could just pay $20 and basically access for what the past two years at this point. Yeah. So that that's another thing. I mean, Microsoft did have to turn off emulation on their side. So un- unfortunately, you know, when when people are trying to release something that that I guess backdoors Nintendo, um Nintendo unfortunately has to take action. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're going to keep seeing that till the end of time basically. Mm-hmm. As long as they have ninjas in Japan. <laughs> yeah exactly 
But that, with that story out of the way now, that is actually it for the main stories this week. So we move on to the last bit of our news. That is the quest markers here with Kyle. Last little bits of news there that didn't make it into the main stories, but we still felt we should talk about here pretty quick. So Kyle, what do we have in the quest markers this week? So for our first quest marker for this week, uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater will use the original voice lines. Um... In a report that was released, um, not only did the, um, apparently the story, or I guess I should say, not only did it leak, the story was going to remain uh, true to the original, but the voices would remain true to the original, so much so that the original voice lines will be used, um, not necessarily re-recorded, uh, masters, but the original masters uh, will be re- reused to retell the story. Um, so, um, with Metal Gear Solid Delta, of course, um, unfortunately, the uh, uh, I, I guess it kind of goes to mean that the uh, Delta doesn't necessarily mean change or difference without changing structure. It also means not changing the voices but that's not a bad thing i enjoy david hater as a snake so long live david hater snake long live david hater yeah metal gear and moving on (laughs) and moving on to our last uh article um diablo four players uh who pull off a hardcore challenge will have the chance to have their names added to a statue. So apparently the first thousand players um, that reach level 100 on hardcore mode, which hardcore mode, if you are knocked once, you die and return to level one. Um, and your your character is basically wiped and you have to start from level one. Um, the first thousand players that reach level 100 and submit all their information with screenshots uh, will have their the chance to have their name immortalized on a statue of Lilith. Um, the location of the statue has not been um, announced yet, um, nor will the construction of the, the statue. Of course, the competition has to be finished, I want to say, what, by the end of June? So, if you haven't started, um, definitely get underway. Um, yeah, it looks like it will, uh, run till the end of June. So, and they won't actually be selecting all 1,000 players. It will only be a select few, it sounds like. So, it's only a chance to get your, your name immortalized on the statue. All right. But with that, that's our last uh, quick save of the evening. Our oh, quest marker. Uh, quest marker. Quest that's marker. It. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, with that being the last quest marker, that is it for the weekly news roundup for the week of June 2nd, 2023. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this week's weekly news roundup. Of course, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are probably on it. If you want to see exactly what platforms we're all on, go ahead and check us out on our homepage at anchor.fm slash the 
mpcs-podcast, and you'll be able to find all the different platforms we're on and check out our back catalog of almost four years of content. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week. Laters.